Welcome to Rocks Talks. It is a, I hope, non-rainy morning um, here in what I would want to say sunny Arizona, but it's too early for me to really know. I hope you're doing well. It is also, some people call it hump day. I call it a beautiful day in the neighborhood. So yesterday we went to the DMV and I, we're going to talk about the DMV. We're going to talk about Barbie and the snub heard around the world, literally. We're also going to talk about um, quitting your job and Real Housewives of SLC. Okay, so is it okay to like, is does Nepal, how far does an apology go? We'll get there. Okay, so first of all, went to the DMV and I gotta tell you, you know, DMVs or whatever Department of Transportation, Transformation, Transformation, Transportation, we had to go get our IDs and register the car and it was surprisingly not a long line and super organized uh, after being at the DMVs in different, states I was super impressed except that um the lovely person who helped us and everyone seemed happy was working there but the lovely person who helped us I don't think knew what they were doing and so we were there for an hour and we left without our IDs (laughs) they said oh they'll come in the mail we she she was like she couldn't print them I was having a hard time and had to do things over and over again so we left and Scott's like do you think we're ever going to see our licenses, IDs? I'm like, I think so. He's like, I don't think so. <laughs> so I'll let you know in two weeks if we actually get our driver's license and our license plate. We did get a temporary license plate, but uh, it, it's a little it's a little sus. Let me just say that way. And after being there for an hour and being, you know, it became quite an affair to do. Whatever. It is what it is. All ultimately, because everyone was so nice at the DMV, and I have to not be upset about it. You know, like you just... I think me 10, 15 years ago would have been like, ah. but no, I mean, we both were like, we, you know, we got into line, we had to get out of line, we had to go get emissions and we just like chilling with it because it is what it is. When you get older, these things bug you a lot less. And I think it's because wisdom shows you that we don't have control over all the things you can control yourself, but you can't really control everything and so we don't try to. We don't think it's going to be a perfect opportunity to do blah, blah, blah or whatever. We just kind of roll with it. And so we roll with the baby. Uh, Barbie. Golly. Barbie, which I'm going to say was the biggest movie of the year. Some some people say arguably. No, not arguably. It was the biggest movie of 2023. Oscar nominations came out. Guess who didn't get nominated in the two big categories? Best Director um, um, best actress. That'd be Greta Gerwig and Margot Robbie. So shocking. And what was interesting about it is, so Ryan Gosling did get nominated for Ken and, uh, and America Ferrara, who had been like snubbed and the other, uh, a lot of the other award shows, she got nominated. So I was happy for her. But what I think is interesting is the fact that no shade on Ken, but the whole point of the movie Almost got proven by, you know, Ryan Gosling's like, I don't understand it. This is wrong. It's, they should be there. And he's like, I'm happy for my nomination. But it was just so funny. that it was like, Ken got nominated and they didn't. It, there's a whole juxtaposition on there. I'm curious. Did you see Barbie? And if you did, what did you think about it? I actually watched it twice in the movie theater. First time I saw it uh, with my girlfriend. We had a good time. We saw Barbie. The second time I went with Scott and he slept through the whole thing. Like five minutes in, he's like, the, literally the theater is full and he's like, <sighs> and I'm like, Shh. finally I gave up. Cause I'm like, if you're fell, if you fall asleep first five minutes, I am not going to wake you up 
throughout the entire movie. I don't have time for that. So at the end of the movie, as we're walking out, he's like, so what was that movie about? I said, no, mm -mm, you don't get to do that, darling. I am not going to tell you the movie's out because you decided not to be awake for the movie. <laughs> and I'm not a big, personally, like I enjoyed the movie. I thought it was great. I didn't get all panties in a wad about it. You know, there's a lot of people who were like, it was too woke. I'm like, can we calm down? It's a movie. It is a movie. A movie is allowed to say and do what it wants. It's a movie. Guess what? Barbie's not real. Maybe she is. Maybe that but my point is, it was interesting to see a lot of people make it political. And I'm like, we don't have to do this, friends. We don't have to make Barbie a political movie. Hold on one second. My alarm is telling me someone is doing something. That'd be my hubs. Okay, just had to check. Uh, so I just, I'm like, we don't have to make everything political. In fact, when we're at the DMV, they asked us, do you want to register vote? Like, yes. And then we're like, okay, do you want to register Republican, Democrat, Libertarian, Green Party, no party, undecided. And I said, does it matter for the primaries? Like, can I still vote? Because some states, if you don't vote, if you don't, um, if you don't say you're Republican or Democrat back in the day, you couldn't actually vote in the primary or you had to only vote in the primary of the party you said you're with. And she's like, what do you mean? I'm like, okay, why be able to vote? She's like, I don't think she understood. And I said, no party because the parties are pissing me off and they have for a while. So I said, no party. Cause I don't want to be, I don't want anyone looking me up and going, Oh, you were red. Oh, you were blue. No, I'm, I am probably purple is blue, red and purple. I'm probably purple, not the green party. not blue. And so, um, yeah, I just think of that movie. I'm like, can we just calm down? We will talk about the word woke. I feel it coming. I feel it coming. Just not today. So my friend messaged me. My good friend messaged me last night and she said, well, yeah, we'll leave it at that. I'm trying to be, let me try it again. A friend of mine, I want to be very like, no one needs to know who it is. A friend of mine messaged me last night and they said that uh, today they're quitting. And I wrote back, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm so excited for you. Congratulations. And it got me wondering. When you, when a friend of yours or a family member tells you today's the day I'm going to say goodbye to my job, what is your reaction initially? Do you re react like worried? Do you have that excitement? I've seen this before where it, it really becomes internalized where people who, when, have you ever noticed when someone's like, I'm quitting my job, you internalize that and your feelings come out. Truly. I hope that the feelings, feelings I gave her were what, what I really, I mean, it was what I really feel for her, but I am down for that. I'm like, yeah, Lee, if you're not passionate, I felt this way since I was in my 20s, truly, when I realized I wasn't passionate about being a lawyer. If you're not passionate, get out. Don't keep doing it. If it is not a environment that is going to be welcoming to you and, and, and help you thrive, get out of it. And we learn and we, we learn that in a lot of different ways because we have different goals that may cause us, might be monetary goal, whatever it might be, to stay where, stay too long at a party that does not serve us. But I've also seen when people say, hey, I'm quitting, and someone's like, well, what are you going to do? But, but, but you need the money. And it's all these, these the fear comes in. And I think that those fears are more about the person that's being told that someone's quitting than the person who's actually quitting. Because we have to realize the person that's quitting is doing something that they need to do for whatever reason, whether it's a statement, whether it's for freedom, whether it's because they, for safety, whatever it might be, they need to get out of that situation. Whether it's a big F you to their company, whatever, they have a reason for it. 
and they've probably thought about all the things or they haven't. I got to tell you, when I left law, of course, I left law and went on a reality. By way of I don't want to do this anymore. I'm going to audition for reality show. I got on The Apprentice, did that and then said bye at the, the, right up when the finale aired. I was like, all right, I'm out of here. Bye. Did I have a plan? No, Stan, I didn't have a plan. But that's how I operate. Did it mean that things were like up and down and up? Oh, absolutely. Did I go through? I surely did. But would I have stayed? Did I ever feel guilty about staying? About leaving law? Did I feel like I should? Like, did I feel like I made a mistake? No. I mean, the money was great. Don't get me wrong. But the lifestyle was not for me. It was suffocating to me. And I don't regret it for a moment. You know, I always, I think sometimes I had to actually forgive myself in my late 30s for decisions I made like around 30, like in my 30s. And I say that like because you, as a woman especially, like you don't want to fail. You want to everything. And I turned open to door number two and it was a million dollars. And I got my talk show and I got this, all these things. And I, I can look back, I can and go, oh, should I have trusted that person? Or should I have done that? Or maybe I should have moved to LA and I decided not to. And I had to say, Roxanne, we're not judging ourselves anymore. That We're not going to do that. This is what we're not going to do. We're not going to judge ourselves and our decisions because truly I learned so much from each of one of those situations and it is the journey. I'm going to quote Miley Cyrus. Miley Cyrus. I don't even, even know she wrote it, but it's not about how fast I get there. Hello. It's not about what's waiting on the other side. It's the climb. It's about the climb. And so I'm not going to change my climb because I appreciate every moment of it. I wouldn't be right here. But I think it's something to think about when someone tells you they're quitting or they're leaving or they're breaking up with someone or they're, you know, when you react, are you reacting based on what's best for them or you're acting on how you would feel internally about it and the fears that you have or the excitement that you have, right? Something to just ponder. I was thinking about that. And then finally, okay, Real Housewives of Salt Lake City was on last night and it was the part three of the finale. We've been waiting for it since the or part three of the reunion. We've been waiting for it since the finale comes out. And I have to tell you, if you haven't been following it, just let me give you the, the cliff notes. You got these rich women in Salt Lake City and one of them went to jail because she defrauded a bunch of people out of pensions and things and whatnot. So she's in jail. So they bring in some new housewives this season. And one of them happens to be someone who was who worked for the one in jail. And she definitely was like one of these things and not like the other. She didn't come from a lot of money, which is fine. Um, but she was talking about like, I'm going to have to buy one nice bag so I can be around these people. So you, she's kind of relatable. Except every time she would talk to people through the season, she was like, go from zero to 10,000 screaming at them for no reason. I'm like, whoa, this is like, this is not normal. And she was always in people's business. Well, come to find out. And they discover conveniently during the finale that she actually had a Finsta, Finsta's fake Instagram account uh, that trolled these ladies and bugged them for days, like every day for years. She says it was really to get back at the woman who is now in jail, but uh, I doubt it. And so you hear all this and we've been waiting for the reunion for her to explain it and for it to make more sense. Meanwhile, we know from what's going on in the world is that none of these castmates, none of these ladies are talking to her and it's like a big divide, which begs the question of, will she come back next year? She's great TV, but man, she's toxic and she lied all season and has been trolling them. So we think we're going to get like this resolution. But what I found is 
in the reunion, she never apologized. She fought, and her fighting was like, well, you're 53. Well, you're ugly. Like, that's the type of responses she made. Well, shut up. Like, that for three hours, for three different weeks, I think took her chances of coming back and maybe production saying she needs to come back and the fans saying she needs to come back. And it just went, and it made me wonder, like, what was it about her that, because we all love redemption stories. We all love someone, like, even if you did bad, you know, as Americans, like, you did bad, but you're coming back. You're rising from the ashes. And the thing she never did was she never apologized. Three hours and she never apologized. And she actually doubled down on things. She really argued like a 12-year-old. I'm not lying. She argued like a 12-year-old. And even though you see some of her orange story or origin, orange, they all were orange, by the way, small, weird spray tans. Um, even though you saw her origin story and you realized that she and her mother, her mother, that's a weird relationship. And okay, I'm back. It was so weird. The, the camera froze. I didn't know it could do that, but it could. So I'll have to spice these together first time ever. But you see like the remorse, you don't see any remorse and she never had remorse. And so it left this like distaste. You could even tell Andy was like not having it. And then sure enough, same day, announcement comes out on People Magazine. She is not coming back for the next season that starts filming next month. It just got me thinking the power of an apology. We give people, especially, especially celebrities, a hard time when they make a mistake and then they apologize. That apology always gets like critiqued. Well, I don't think that was a real apology. Oh, that's a blank statement. Oh, it's just a white screen. It's a note section. We do all that. But what I really realized is even though apologies get a hard time or given a hard time and are critiqued, they go somewhere, especially the ones, I mean, the ones that are, that are sincere going further, but it goes a long way for redemption. But when you're in a situation and you know you're wrong, and gosh, I hope she knew she was wrong, but we think when we're in situations and we try and fight or lie our way through, that doesn't work. And that's things you did when you were in your, when you were a tween, perhaps, and hopefully you stopped. But when you think about it, apologizing, stops all the drama. When you apologize, the drama stops. Because if someone keeps coming at you after you apologize, that's th their problem and issue, not yours. Just something I was thinking about. Thought I'd share with you. All right. Today is a day and I want you to make it a great day. Thank you so much for being with me. I will see you tomorrow. Let's see what's going on tomorrow. Mm -mm 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 -mm. Oh, uh, who knows? Good things. What's going on today? We'll talk about tomorrow. You know, there's always something in the news to chat about. I love being with you. Please don't hesitate to comment below. I'd love to see your comments. I'll reply to all of them, read them. And also um, find me at Rocks Talks or at Valley Rocks, Valley Rocks. Uh, and there's always R-O-X, like I spell my name, on Instagram. Take care. Go be great.